Welcome to Authentic Entrepreneur. Thanks for tuning in today. Guys, on this platform we've been recording on Anchor, uh, they released a new feature uh, that helps us to reach out and connect to like-minded podcasters um, within the network. And so I was able to reach out to a fellow named Zane Raza. His podcast is called The Upstarts Podcast. Uh, Zane and I connected um, and had a little interesting conversation um, he's in high school. I'm not exactly sure how old he is, and I myself, obviously, much older than him. Um, but for the two of us to share ideas and kind of uh, toss the conversation back and forth was a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and there's a few bumps along the way, but just uh, be patient and listen to the show. Let us know what you think. So just about going to sleep when the the phone rang, but hey, let's do this. <laughs> so did you get a uh, a little uh, update yeah, from Anchor? Phone... Oh yeah, it just blared out me. Got you. I, mine so... also just uh, tapped me, so I think you must have requested something a day ago or earlier today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Tell me about your podcast, man. The Upstarts podcast. All right, right. So the Upstarts podcast. This podcast I started really at the end, at the start of this year because you know from movies that I see and from books that I read and even my own experiences, you know, selling things. You know, I once I've sold fundraising tickets for my mom's nonprofit. I've sold like little knickknacks, uh, little snacks at school, concessions for sports games, things like that. From all these things, I feel like in entrepreneurship today, people need to focus on two things. They need to focus on really what they're passionate about, but really pragmatism. You know, this is a great line from the old movie, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Have you seen it? I have not. It's the it's an old movie from like the nineties or something. It's the old Steve Jobs movie, like before the Aston Kutcher film and the amazing Aaron Sorkin film. They made a movie about him back in like nineteen ninety or something like that. He looks like a complete cult leader, but the movie's great because it's like he drops one line in the movie. It's like talking about the Mac. It's science, art, religion, all in one thing. And that's really what I wanted to start the podcast for and to spread the message to people. You know, you got to get your head right before you, if you really want to do something big, you got to combine like those types of scientific solutions with like aesthetic and like with um, marketing and sales and, you know, all irrationale sometimes and taking risks is all the things that mixed in make a great business you know what i mean definitely yeah there's more more to it than just a great idea for sure yeah and then hustle is the most important thing you know i was just listening to a gary v talk and for all the things that i talk about like with mindset and uh just bringing up creative ideas that i come across like quantum computing probably going to change the world in a couple years VR, these types of things, at the end of the day, you need to, timing is so important. 
with the next big thing that you're jumping on and skills being able to sell things is idea and the third thing is just being able to hustle knowing how to do push-ups is a, whole, a really different thing from actually doing them you know what yeah. i mean absolutely <clears throat> what about yourself man uh what's your what's your little journey yeah let me tell you about authentic entrepreneur i recently started uh this year also about january and so authentic entrepreneur is about real people living their truth through entrepreneurship and so it really is about people that are you know following their passion and it's not a real tactical podcast about how they did things necessarily, but, you know, more about why they're doing it and, and some of the benefits of, you know, running a small business and, or maybe it's your art that you're selling, you know? Yeah. The biggest question, the most interesting question of all is why, right? Like why don't people, why aren't more people doing this, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And and part of that, the podcast that I'm doing is to kind of uh, provoke people to get out there and try something. You know, we all have a passion. Yeah. But so, yeah, man, uh, tell me your name one more time so I can actually write it down. Oh, Zane Raza. Zane Raza. And I've got your podcast, The upstarts podcast i'm definitely going to link up to that right awesome and uh maybe we can uh, reach out in the future and do a little bit more um with more thought in mind but um well we're gonna have this we're both gonna have this recording for our fans so yeah let's just if you want to shoot around some ideas right now we can do that yeah i can keep jamming with you and so you said you're in uh, massachusetts what do you do professionally or are you just, are you an entrepreneur right now? Well, right now I'm a student. Okay. I'm in high school. So this is just really a side hustle for me right now. Yeah. And without a real product that I tangibly sell to people, it's really about building a brand at this point for me. Yep. Wherever I take it from now, whether it be, you know, getting affiliate deals like people use, used to do back in the day with blogs. Now that kind of traffic comes to underpriced places like podcasts with Anchor. And the great thing about Anchor is that you can also distribute it to other external places like uh, now I'm on Google, I'm on Apple, I'm on Pocket Cast, Overcast, all those different places. So I came to Anchor mainly just to start building the brand, first of all, because it's leveraged, even if I want to get a job later on. Because the job process is now moving away from resumes and uh, CVs to like, what's you, what are you put out by yourself, like online and yeah. what you're all about? Because that's your story that you put out online. Right. Absolutely. That's your resume. Yeah. Yep. But even then, like, it can become a future business. I'm not so sure about it now, but even any like. Even at the end of the day, it's just great to come. And even when my friends aren't into entrepreneurship and they have their own stuff going on, I can give voice to the ideas and find conversations with people such as yourself about it. 
on a platform like Anchor and in turn have that voice be spread to even more people through the internet. It's powerful. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, so by day I'm a barista, work at a coffee shop. And that's something that I've always been passionate about and I enjoy doing. And then, you know, I meet some various interesting people there too. So it's kind of fun. Um, and then, oh really? you know, you never know who you're going to see at a coffee shop. People, oh, yeah. people are always doing business there and things like that. But then uh, my background has just been in a lot of really small ventures um, from like, coffee shop things or um i was producing a line of like messenger bags for a while um kind of sewing and selling them and but i've always been an entrepreneur usually most of my businesses have been very micro uh Mm -hmm. whether that be the funding you know or just the idea was never super scalable i see Uh, what i'm working on now also is uh and partly what what the podcast is useful for is I'm kind of jumping into marketing and and kind of the videography and uh, oh, yeah. photography. And so I'm using the podcast as a way to meet people, um, particularly small businesses and entrepreneurs that down the road, hopefully I can create value for with my videography. Oh yeah, engagements is so powerful these days. Yeah, especially on a early, when it's early, like on a platform like Anchor, building up a a tight knit following. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how old are you? You seem college age to me. <laughs> if if uh, you see me, you you'd think I'm about twenty five to thirty. I'm actually forty one. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, everybody looks at me. They're like, yeah, he's about maybe 30 35 at the most um but yeah i'm young at heart man I, I like to to be young in the mind you know oh yeah you seem like you're a natural born entrepreneur you know what i mean have you been doing these small sorts of niche businesses like your whole adult life do you just jump from business to business basically yeah and and if it's not that it's bringing the mindset with me to the job that I'm in. You know, you can't help it when you show up at a job and you're like, well, this isn't working and, you know, we could fix this. And you just naturally, like, want to take over all the businesses you work for. Oh, yeah. I don't discount that at all. I actually think I respect the people with experience these days because they have context for, like, all the different platforms that came out. You must have been born like in the eighties, I'm assuming. Uh seventy seven. So an example of what you're you're talking about is um Yeah, you lived through like the personal computer, you lived through <laughs> dot com, real estate crashes. Dang we man. we had I carried around a pager in junior high. <laughs> uh so an example of that would be my very first business was a coffee truck a mobile coffee truck. And that was probably about 15 years ago, way before Twitter and Facebook. And so I would pull up to an office building and I would run inside and like 
go into every office and say, hey, do you guys want to get some coffee? I'm parked out front. And they would look at me like I was crazy. You know, and then Twitter came along and then food trucks became real popular. And now, I mean, coffee trucks probably all over every state. Hmm. So you were an early adopter of coffee trucks. Early adopter of the coffee truck. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned timing earlier. That was one of your critical points. And I've been off on my timing a few times um, in my, in my ventures, but I think I'm on it on top of it. Finally. Timing, like uh, knowing when to jump in or, or you see that you're like right now you're in a part-time job. So it's timing, like knowing when to switch between jobs or. Well, for me, it was, it was being too early with the coffee truck or, Things like that. When I saw the internet coming, um, it was like almost not impressive to me because I was I was uh, in junior high school and people were coding and stuff. And I was like, this is stupid. You know, what is this going to do? Oh, but yeah. five years later, I probably would have been all over that. Hmm. I didn't see the value in it then, but that's timing. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing that takes years to build up, um, I guess. And you're in school now, you said? Yeah, I'm in school. Awesome. I love, you're in high school too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're not making the excuse that, you know, you got to wait till you graduate to, to start doing something. Yeah, but at the same time, my generation, especially, it's hard to, like these days, I feel like it's important it's almost an anomaly for us to like to just go out and talk to businesses and maybe cold call people or just cold jump up on people from a coffee truck. You know what I'm saying? The generational gap is it's changed, you know, they're not as comfortable with that type of a cold contacting. Yeah. Yeah, Like even now, like I'm, this is not a business that I'm running, but for school, it's just, uh, we have a service project going on, and it's to give computer lessons to seniors for free. And even though we're charging no money, and I'm, and I'm trying to send in, like, early lessons just to give them a taste, just to drive traffic to our lessons, you know, cold calling people, it is hard. And I'm learning that now on myself. It takes 5 to 12 contacts just to even get a guy to pick up his phone. And they're seniors, too, so, you know, when you get up there, you have to, you know, I'm not going to degrade old people right now, but, you know, you have to be a little patient and and make sure that you're concise and clear and all these different types of things. Yes, definitely. Um, so back previously in my in my career, and this is something that helped me a lot, I was trying to sell insurance and, and uh, things like that with a multi-level company. And so mm-hmm. you're out there, you're trying to recruit people and you're trying to sell life insurance, right? Yeah. And that if I was... Could, uh, if I could interrupt you for just one second, yeah. I think we're about to get cut off. So 
let's continue this conversation another time. So, are you on Twitter? Yeah, it's Authentic Entrepreneur. All right, man, let's do this. Let's do this. So, I think we should start with, like, just the state of entrepreneurship today. Because I feel like it must have been really different when you were growing up in, like, the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I think about that a lot, um, especially listening to Gary Vee because he's about the same age as me. I think he's about a year older. Oh, definitely. And so, yeah, I mean, there was obviously opportunity back then, but nothing like now. Now it's just so easy. It, it just it doesn't make sense not to start something. Yeah, and it's a great leveler of, like, the playing field because, like, Immigrants love entrepreneurship. They embrace it. You know, it's a great equalizer for the people who don't, you know, go to college, get a six-figure income that way. And, yeah, the Internet is just, it's not a 67-year-old white man. Definitely. You know, it's Uh, not really a political topic either. Right, right. Yeah, the, the barrier of entry is is so low right now too which is it's good and bad i guess you know more players can get in which which is good and bad you gotta you know you're gonna have a lot more failures probably yeah yeah but it's easier to get in i I remember i told you about my coffee trip yeah coffee and i was gonna put a wrap on that which is basically where you cover the whole truck in a graphic and back then, to do that was about $15,000. And I think today, yeah, today you could get it done for a couple thousand bucks. You know, and, and obviously back then, to build a website costs substantially more. And now, nowadays, it's free. You could literally build a business overnight for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I can't believe opportunity. And actually, that's sometimes overwhelming um, in a way, for me, because I have so many ideas. And so you really got to narrow down what it is you're going to go for and go all in. Let me ask you this. I was reading Elon Musk's autobiography, and one of the lines that he has in that book is the reason that innovation is slowing down. He actually thinks innovation is slowing down because too many people are pursuing one space and it's almost like everything could become a bubble you know what i mean like the dot-com boom in the 2000s after that like people when the 2000s came around i feel like people were so pumped up like we're gonna get flying cars self-tying shoelaces and now like basically all we have are iphones and like the next big thing is like when an app comes out yeah it's all about new apps and stuff yeah, what about agriculture? You know, what about um, housing? Things like that that are never going to go away. People always have to eat. People always have to have uh, a roof over their heads. I don't see a lot of innovation there. Mm-hmm. You have to go to, like, Shark Tank to, for places like that. Like, the TP, like, there was an episode, I don't remember. It was a farmer who was, like, a TP for your plant that, like, can save water or something like that. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, what about you? I was uh I've been listening to some of your podcasts. Really, really interesting. Um 
I was wondering about yourself and kind of what are you excited about? What is your passion? See, I started the podcast, like I said, like last time, for getting all people, like whenever they want to do. Like for me, the business and the podcast are really separate things. When I started out, I just wanted to build a business and on the side really do the podcast because like I wanted to be a practitioner first. Like, you know, people get like Gary Vee and all these other guys say, I wanted my podcast to be a little different. I didn't want it to be about my specific business. So I try and talk about things which like can apply to all people. When I talk about like motivational stuff, essentially that is for other people. And when I talk about specific technologies and burgeoning like areas, that's really for me. And it, I believe because I believe like when you talk about great ideas, the only reason I talk about great ideas is to find out who's who's also interested and then to connect and synergize that relationship. So I made it as a platform for myself and for other people. That's what I was playing on. And because like at the end of the day, execution, trying to get someone to actually do something is the only thing that matters. Yeah, absolutely. I was even like at a hackathon uh, last weekend, and yeah, I heard the same exact thing from uh, Naju- Anus Najarian from MathWorks. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the MathWorks, uh, just a bunch of coders, and right. Yeah, they they were telling me the same thing. You know, they're a lot older than me, and they're saying, you know, ideas are great, but at the end of the day, like execution is the only game. And so, there's a lot of practical ways to go about it as well. Right. Yeah, the the podcast for me as well, it's kind of like, you know, I'm trying to get two guests a week, and so that kind of makes me accountable to that. And, you know, if I sit around and don't do anything, then I don't, I don't have a guest, and, you know, that, that hurts, so... It's a way for me to be accountable and create value at the same time. <laughs> exactly. But there is something to be said for, because like I said, I like a lot how a lot of your businesses in the past have been really niche because, you know, if you go throughout, you become too like visionary in the beginning. I have friends who like start out, they do the whole college dropout thing and they might've been on the way to, be a six-figure earner as a doctor, but because they got, like, they got too enamored with this whole entrepreneurship idea, now they're on the street, they're, like, barely struggling to survive, and it's because they thought they could write a book and start an email marketing business when that whole set of business skills is already outdated. Right. You know, you have to build up the skill set first, always. Right, and be be practical as far as it's it's hard to quit school unless you have something that you're really <laughs> you're really set on. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, here's that one technology. If I had to pick one thing, which I'm gonna, which I'm trying to go all in on right now, okay, it would be computers. And it does start in the beginning, like I was talking about last time. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, all those guys, um, so inspirational to me growing up. The movies, the 
the all that had the impact on me but even like my own family um you know and as an immigrant you're not always playing outside you can't you're not living in safe areas to do that kind of stuff so the electronics was always there and that was the influence on me so i'm looking for the next leap in technology i'm always looking for you know intel is coming out with smart glasses for your eyes uh-huh. you know which is interesting for me because my eyesight has always been a little not on the great side but even quantum computers and on those types of mechanics i i think i'm pretty blessed with a great mind so that kind of thing is not too complicated for me it's just a matter of finding a way to re-engineer the process of that and turn it into a product for selling to people right yeah and in the meantime you know you're just kind of learning about what it takes once you have that idea you'll be you'll be that much closer yeah it's amazing like i feel like entrepreneurs is just in general your brain once you like once you start feeling this type of mindset your brain never stops working i go to school and i talk about entrepreneurship with my friends who want to become bodybuilders and the only way to become a bodybuilder today it's so much better because you have the internet and what's great about that is before bodybuilders if we're going to run with this example uh the only person who made money was the top guy the only person that you knew about in the old days was arnold or ronnie or all these people but today like you can get affiliate deals through like instagram if you build the following you can get your word out so much better you don't have to even go to competitions so much and you can make a decent living just through those deals if you work hard enough so you don't have to be the best anymore it's like in high school if every single person was a popular kid almost right yeah that's pretty awesome really awesome uh some things i wanted to maybe share with you coming from the old guy yeah the old man <laughs> the old guy so i also have two kids and my oldest is 19 my youngest is 15 and so oh, wow. yeah i'm on my second marriage um and all along the time you know i've been dabbling in entrepreneurship and i think if there's one thing that i might share with the younger crowd some some key elements to your success is going to be cash flow and time mm-hmm. and as soon as you tie yourself down with you know a marriage or a relationship or kids you're going to have significantly less cash flow and significantly less time that's just point blank so i mean i'm super grateful for my life and everything that i've had but just now as i'm as i'm coming into 41 years old and my one of my kids has graduated now i'm free again to go out and be an entrepreneur and so I'm actually very excited for, for round two, basically, where I have more freedom, more time, more cash. Um, but going into it as a youngster, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, that almost sounds like my parents and their situation. Like me and my brother starting to leave the nest a little bit and they're like stressing their eyes a little bit. And 
looking what they can do because they want to invest in real estate. They worked hard as immigrants, and that's the whole immigrant thing. Like, you work for ten years and buying assets, something like a real estate or a house. And I want to get your perspective as well, because right now I'm looking at everything starting from zero. But what would you say once a person starts making a little bit of money? Like, should they keep it? Should they send it off a little bit? What's your little perspective on that? You know, that's that's a good question. And in my, in all honesty, I've never been good with money. And I just say that because, I mean, I've never really amount amounted a lot of money. And maybe that's the the problem I've had is where I'm always reinvestigating myself and my little startups. And maybe some of that would have been better, you know, putting it aside for real estate or other investments. But I've always bet on myself, which I guess that's a good idea if you believe it. Um, but if I was to say, going back, if I could do it again, I would definitely put a percentage away for emergencies and long-term investment. Maybe it's 10%. You know, maybe it's 15 but... Um, and, and I've always had the knowledge. I've just never been a good practitioner of saving that little percentage. And that's something that actually has hurt me over the years. So you can take that with you. All right. No, no I completely understand. Maybe, yeah, that makes that makes more sense now. Hearing it from you, that always reinforces it. So let's see. Do you have any stories, like, from your youth of, sales like how did you really get into sales as when you when you were coming up getting into sales i'm trying to think back you know it doesn't have to be like years and years ago like anything yeah, yeah as a youngster it wasn't anything major but like i mentioned the coffee truck and right before that i was really getting into uh buying toys and so I was collecting Hot Wheels or action figures. And that seemed like a good investment. And one of my goals was to maybe have like a comic book store. And then basically what happened was eBay came onto the scene. And the value of everything flattened out. Because before, if you wanted to get an exclusive car, you had to go to a toy show or mail away for it. Once eBay came on, it really hurt the collector's industry because it was more widely available. Mm -hmm. You know, although a lot of people cashed in on that opportunity as well. Um, but yeah, I'd start flipping things on eBay, buying and selling. But the toys in general, man, the, the value just plummeted out on that. Um, but yeah, I've always kind of just dabbled in something or other. Um, my My latest thing that I did was a sewing venture where I would repurpose uh, old coffee bags, the, the bags that the coffee beans come in, and mm -hmm. I'd repurpose those and I'd cut them up and I'd stitch them up into backpacks, messenger bags, tote bags, and I'd, I'd sell those uh, at the mar farmer's market or I had them in some stores. Um, I did that for about five years before I got tired of sewing. <laughs> Did you get the bags from Starbucks? 
Um, I would get them from around town, the local roasters. There's plenty of them in every city. Um, so I'd roll in and grab a stack of burlap bags, take them home and cut them up and mash them up with other materials. And it was, it was a really fun thing to be creative and design things and then go out and try to sell them. Um, the part that I didn't like was the sewing. And so it, it wasn't scalable for me, and I never found a way to outsource it in a way that uh, would work. Well, wow. yeah, that was probably one of my most recent um, ventures. It took me to Seattle, Washington. Uh, I was down there at Pike's Place Market doing that for about a year. Never a dull moment, right? It's always hustling. <laughs> always hustling and trying new things, so. I love it. Yep. Yeah, that that store is awesome. My my thing with sales is like the margins. I I just got. I think I'm in a phase of just I don't know what you would call it acclimation to like because cause I started like little sales and because I don't have a product yet. So just to practice the skill of sales, I practice selling like bas my old basketball shoes on eBay and. It just went terrible because, like, I I sold the shoes right, and then uh, the margins were so bad. Like, I probably sold it for like fifty dollars, and to ship the shoes was like thirty five dollars. And then I made the mistake of adding the little ten percent of this sale goes to charity, something like that, and I so that was another five dollars. And then eBay charged me like two more dollars just like in fees so i i cut down fifty dollars to like only eight dollars and then my mom is getting annoyed with me because we have to go to mail to like the the post office is like 20 like 20 30 minutes away from here just for eight dollars so i that was one story i totally understand that game yeah that's that's funny because She's reminding me this. Uh, I was really excited. I have this cleaner that cleans espresso machines. Okay. And then, mm. you know, there's obviously hundreds of thousands of companies out there that need espresso machine cleaner. So I got this thing on Amazon. Super stoked. Well, I lose money every time I sell a bottle of this cleaner. <laughs> Yeah, there's not enough margin uh, for me to sell it, give it the free shipping, and then take it to the the post office and send it. And I'm literally losing money every time. It's really confusing, but yeah, I'm so obsessed about finding ways to just get away from the low margin stuff, even when you don't really have that opportunity. And it's so important for anybody starting out. I even watched the Gary V clip talking about how to scale up a low margin business and it was some guy on there talking about i have an inherently low margin business it sounds tough but what gary v talks about is there's like essentially there's no such thing as a low margin business you have to you have to do everything in your power to just get away from that through like new innovations moving into adjacent niches at the same time this is just what I heard. Like you have to have new 
products and new takes on things that old like the old ways of that we've always done things right what that looks like i guess that's just experience for all of us to come in the years yeah one possible way to solve that would be is kind of a bundle pack so let's say i didn't make any money on the cleaner but that was the best part of the the pack that i'm offering but what if there was a tool that came with it that you know i could charge an extra five dollars for and i paid 25 cents for it and so that was where all the profit was does that does that make sense oh yeah yeah. yeah, I'm looking into some of that um, when it comes to, like, fashion and maybe putting these bags out again into the market, kind of bundling it together with uh, some sunglasses and a beach towel and some flip-flops, you know, and on one or two of those, I make all profit, and on the others, I don't necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh- I like that. And there's also an invisible part of it, too. If you think about, like, marketing and branding, having, like, a low-margin product intentionally just to drive traffic to, you know, the rest of your business. But, see, that also means you have to scale up quickly. And so I feel like debt comes into a big play in this, loaning money. I feel like spending money is, like, you have to leverage that and... It's really timing it well, so you don't you have to sell enough of your product in the right amount of times too. So all these different skills. Yeah, margin is definitely important, and you know to work really hard on one sale, you may work really hard to sell. You know, for my example, going into a coffee shop and selling that guy, hey, here's a case of this cleaner. Maybe I should be going to a, a distributor and all that time spent there, and then I sell him a whole pallet of cleaner. You know, so where you spend your time on that sale might be important. Oh, yeah. B2B versus B2C might be important. Do you know how much time we have today? Does it cut us off any time, or are we good? I feel like we can go up to an hour, but... Okay, cool. I think essentially we've hit the major topics. <laughs> well, I've been listening to your show, man. You, you're very well-spoken, and you're very insightful. Um, I think it's something that I'm going to share with my audience. I think people would enjoy the topics that you're talking about. Thank you. And I always say, like, there's no, there's no such thing as being too big to fail. There is such a thing as being too small to succeed. So for all the people listening out here, these are the skills we're always going to talk about. We like to focus on practical things, knowing how to sell, knowing how to work with margins, finances, timing, experience, learning from pattern recognition, the older generation, the new generation, and... Chad, if you want to plug yourself here, I don't know. I think we'll both have a recording of this, but just in case we don't. Yeah, definitely. I'd love for you guys to give my show a listen. It's under Authentic Entrepreneur, and it's on all the platforms. All right, so if you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, folks, 
leaving a call in for either of us. I'd love to do this again with you soon, Chad. And have a good day, guys. You too, Zane. Let me know. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Entrepreneur. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm going to leave some links in the show notes so that you can find Zane Raza. Um, I hope that you'll go to the Upstarts podcast on Anchor and all the other platforms and give Zane's show a listen. Um, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Thanks for tuning in.